Hi, welcome to Astro Babble. I'm Donna from Donna B Astrology. And I'm Linda from Scullywag Astrology. And today we are going to be talking about the full moon in Virgo. Mm -hmm. So I'll just bring up the screen. It will be happening at the 13th Moon Mansion. And it is good for increase of trade and your own finances. So not business finances, but your own finances. It's also good for harvest, completion of buildings, and liberation of captives. Oh, interesting. Um, the key word is uh, vital energy and the beginning of creative projects. And I got it from the Moon Mansion book from Christopher Warnock. So that's what that is. Very nice. It's uh, it's really good. There weren't there weren't a lot of negative things. It's um, got the flavor of Mercury and Mars. So, um, it's that creative action that you need to get things done. Nice, interesting too. You said uh, it's got the flavor of Mercury, Mars, and Mars is it's a little bit wide, but it's squaring the uh, full moon. So interesting. Hmm. Yeah, and I like it. Yeah, the full moon's at uh, 16 degrees Virgo and 40 minutes. Um, so, yeah, full moons are all about high points, completion, or like a harvest. You know, what was planted at the new moon in Virgo may be coming to some sort of completion at this time or wherever Virgo is in your natal chart, there may be some sort of theme of completion high point or ending regarding matters so the big one here is uh the square to mars at uh, 21 mm. degrees of gemini it's it's wide it's a five degree orb between that and 16 degrees of um virgo interesting too that that full moon is trining uranus so Uranus will be at 15 so that's a lot closer yeah so a little bit of a surprise element there perhaps mm, yeah <laughs> hopefully not too big of a surprise <laughs> <laughs> well yeah. should we have a look and see what's in store for everybody with the uh, astrology sounds great uh what are we Virgo before we read these Virgo. Out too, yeah i just want to remind people um it's best if you read your ascendant sign rather than your sun sign which is what people are referring to when you talk about your star sign there's a reason why it's best to read your ascendant sign and if you don't understand why we've got a video we did that explains it all and i'll put a link to that in the description very nice very nice. And if you are a Virgo, this is your, this is the time that you're going to have, you're going to feel a lot of things coming to a completion. So yeah, this is very nice for, um, you are going to have the, um, you're going to have Mars in that 11th or the 10th house for you. So you're, what you're known for and what, what, how, how other people view you are, is going to get a little bit of a, Either action or um, hopefully not aggression, but it's it's definitely uh, it's definitely the drive that makes you that 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 you will be feeling for if you are a Virgo rising. 
Yeah, that Mars too, it's still in the shadow period of um, its previous retrograde, but it will be, when is it, the 15th that it comes out of the shadow period, I believe? Yeah, it comes so out of the 15th. So eight days afterwards. It kind of falls within that two-week period. So I, me and Donna were talking earlier, starting to feel those energies within ourselves, you know, kind of like, yep, getting back on track, you know, want to get this done, you know, kind of like, yes, we can move forward again. And and I think everybody to a certain degree is probably feeling that. You know, anybody I'm talking to, they're finding that it they're just busier with, I mean, all the planets are all direct. So mm. it, it's almost like everybody is moving in a forward direction, no matter what it is, but it's, it's a forward direction, you know? Yeah. So yeah. at least they're not going too, too, too much back all the time. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. always frustrating. And if you are a Leo ascendant, this full moon is happening in your second house. The second house is your house of income and finances and your resources. So there may be a high point, completion or ending to do with those matters. Maybe there's a bonus at this time. Maybe, you know, there's been a resource that you've been wanting to have or own or buy. And this is a time when you're able to do that or it comes to you in some form. That uh, very nice. That Mars is uh, square in friends, groups, and organizations. Yeah. So yeah, could be, could be, yeah. Hopefully, as Donna said, not aggression. Maybe this is just kind of, maybe you're kind of spurred on by friends or something similar at this time. Maybe you've got people that can help you with career matters because that eleventh house uh, does kind of assist the tenth. Maybe you know. You've been kind of thinking, oh, I should do this. I should do that. And now here comes somebody perhaps with resources or even just um, the push to uh, get you to kind of start moving in that direction. That would be good. I mean, it is a square, but sometimes you need squares to actually move. Or you might be investing in doing something with friends, either mm. a trip you might be planning mm. or a party. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are a cancer rising this full moon is going to be happening in your third house and that's the house of you know close your community and um short travel so this will become this will be um bringing things to a fruition that you might have started in during the new moon um for this it, it'll it'll you'll you'll feel it in in your community it might even be something that you are uh, you know, it might have something to do with your car. You know, what what you use for transportation might be uh, coming to a close, or you know, or you might, or it might be something that you can easily or more easily acquire. Yeah, yeah. Also, with your cousins, sisters, your siblings as well as early education. And if you are a Gemini ascendant, this full moon is happening in your fourth house. The fourth house is our home, our parents, it's our living situation, it's our heritage, uh, it's also real estate matters. So there might be a high point, completion, or an ending regarding these matters. Yeah, you could be moving to a new place, it could be something, nothing to do with you, it could have something to do with your parents. Uh, 
that Mars in the first, particularly if you are moving houses, new residents, that sort of thing could be a lot more energy, having to move around a lot more. Watch perhaps how you communicate with others because uh, that Mars is in Gemini and it is uh, associated with talking and that. Uranus in the 12th could be some hidden surprises. So something to be aware of. But yeah, hopefully good things, culmination, some sort of high point or an ending regarding those matters. And um, if you are a Taurus rising, this is going to be happening in your fifth house. Um, this is the hope. This is the um, the house of your children, how you how what you use to create, as well as uh, the hobbies and fun things and places where you go for fun and hobbies. So, um, yeah, that you'll you'll have things that are coming to fruition around your children, around your creative projects and around the things that you do for a hobby. So I love this. It's, it's, uh, it does have that, um, uh, influence with the Uranus, which is, uh, revolutionary. So if you are come trying to come up with an idea, this is, this is a great, I think, um, aspect for thinking i think this 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 fortnight or these next two weeks we'll have some good aspects for um mercury to be involved in that and it's it's getting close it's it's approaching that sun getting all in there so yeah. i think this is a good great for creative projects this is a, a great aspect yeah yeah don't be frightened to be a little bit different that's what i'm thinking with that uranus in the first mm. Might be a bit yeah. expensive though with the Mars in the second. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna leave at the end of what it was at the twenty fifth. Donna can't wait because Donna's a, a a Taurus ascendant. <laughs> a Taurus rising, yeah, yeah. But you know what? For my family specifically, because there, there's a Virgo, one of them is a Virgo rising, so it, it's it 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 just it fits so well with that. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> it's coming and I can feel it. I can really feel that energy. It's like it's all coming together. And yeah. Yeah, it's really interesting. I don't uh, write weekly horoscopes anymore, but um when I used to write them and I was kind of, you know, writing them out what's happening. And I was kind of like, yep, that's happening to such and such. And and they're this ascendant that fits. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you are an Aries ascendant, this full moon will be happening in your sixth house. Uh, the sixth house is one of the more unfortunate houses, unfortunately, but it's okay. Full moons go through the chart every year. You've survived every other year. So uh, the sixth house is associated with uh, illness. It's also kind of daily activities. It's those that work for us. Uh, employees but that could also include service people it's also people who work for you know uh, of service to society like doctors nurses uh, those in the emergency services in the military and such things uh, and also pets up to the up to the size of like a, a dog I think what is it that you don't ride them I think if you're riding them a, well, a sheep yeah <laughs> a lamb yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, there could be uh, high points. So, like, if um, 
you are somebody that's in a service-based industry or a service um, professional, maybe there's a graduation ceremony at this time. Maybe if you've got a pet, it's, you know, maybe this is a time you actually adopt it, or maybe this is a time where it's, you know, been to obedience school and it graduates. Maybe this is um, a time perhaps, I'm just having a look with um, Neptune opposite this full moon. I mean, it's quite wide, but maybe if there's been health issues, maybe this is a time where it's like, aha, this is what it is, you know, because that Neptune kind of blurs boundaries and that. So maybe at this time something comes to light. Um, yeah. Uranus in the second could be a little bit expensive, unusual expenses. Then again, it could be, uh, you know, sometimes unusual is actually good or sudden or surprising. Surprising, shocking doesn't always have to be bad. So hopefully it's a good surprise if there are surprises attached to this. Some sort of high point culmination or ending regarding these matters. And Very it could cool. be just somebody that you work with um, retires at this time or gets a new job or moves on. Yeah. And if you are a Pisces rising, this full moon is going to be happening in your seventh house. This is the house of the other person. It could be um, a significant other as well as a business partner, as well as getting an appointment with a doctor, hairdresser, or anybody else that you would get an appointment with. This is a culmination of uh, things that happen with um, committed people. So if you make an appointment, this is, this is, this is, this falls under that category. So if you've been trying to get an appointment, this appointment might come, you know, to fruition at this time, which yeah. is, which is nice. And, uh, it's, it falls, it's in the seventh house. So it's, it's, it's that, it's that, it's that one in on one relationship where things might be, um, if you've if you've started a project with an, with a significant other, it might be coming to fruition. It's uh, yeah, it's 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 where you're it's where you're you're reaping the rewards of the work that you've done previously. Yeah, and I mean this could be like a romantic relationship too. Like you're kind of maybe you've been seeing each other casually, and now you decide that you're going to be a little bit more committed, or maybe you get engaged or married or. Maybe not married. Well, hmm, yeah, I'd expect that to be more tenth, but yeah, who knows? And if you are an Aquarius ascendant, this full moon is happening in your eighth house. Uh, the eighth house is associated with uh, our mortality and other people's money. So this can include things like inheritances, taxes, insurances, loans, debts, um, shared finances, and resources. So at this time. Uh, there may be a completion, an ending, or uh, a high point regarding these matters. Maybe you've applied for a loan and it comes through at this time. Maybe you've been um, struggling with um, coming to terms or to um, agreement regarding, say, a divorce settlement. Uh, maybe this is a time when that comes to, uh, an, you know, some sort of agreement and you know that would also be like a high point or a culmination of like that being settled but it's also the ending of that um shared resources sort of thing but you know it's not always negative it 
it could be maybe you've had a, a huge debt, you know, with the bank, maybe you're actually paying it off at this time. You know, maybe a mortgage is being, well, I would expect more fourth house. Well, actually, look at that Uranus in the fourth. <laughs> you know, maybe, um, you know, a big debt is being paid at this time, perhaps. Maybe it's being finalised. Uh, where's Mars? Mars in the fifth. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I was just. Yeah, yeah. I was just noticing at this with this particular chart with Aquarius um, rising, um, Mars and Saturn are the only planets that are not peregrine. So everybody else is not oh um not have access to their their stuff. Yeah. So that's really interesting. <laughs> yeah, when 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 Mars and Saturn are the only planets that have the 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 tools to do to what they work want. to do what they want to work with yeah yeah and i mean mars is mars is in peregrine he's got a bit of strength but yeah not not a super amount but look at saturn saturn's just like but i mean saturn's been in capricorn and aquarius which it rules both signs for so long and i think it's what three hours or something after this full moon it moves into pisces so this is the last and yes. hurrah for a while it's um going to take a deep dive after that so yeah uh, that is interesting that uh saturn can't see the full moon though it's uh in a version mars is uh the other malefic and it's uh squaring it so but isn't that interesting? They're both malefics and they're the only ones with any power. And and then we've got, you know, Uranus, which can be a little bit malefic-like at times. So, hmm, kind of sextiling it. Yeah, in the fourth house, I mean, so. Yeah. Yeah, and because Aquarius is uh, traditionally ruled by Saturn, you know, this is significant because Saturn is your chart ruler. So Saturn's important. So uh, for you, it's your chart ruler. It's uh, very significant. Interesting. It'd be nice to have Saturn out of your um, first house. Hmm. Aquarius ascendants. Have you lost weight <laughs> over the last two and a half years? Because <laughs> that's what they say. When Saturn goes through the first house, you tend to lose weight. But when I had Saturn in the first, I also had Jupiter. So and Jupiter wants to expand. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well at least you, you had a fighting chance. <laughs> oh, well. Yeah, no, that's interesting. Hmm. I'm going to I'm gonna believe in the power of the peregrine planets to... You've got to have a workaround, and I, I believe these planets can and should. And I'm hoping anyway. <laughs> so Capricorn is if if you are a Capricorn rising, this is going to be happening in your ninth house, and that's a great house if you are um, if you've been writing a book or if you've been doing any publishing, any kind of legal work. This is all going to be, and especially with Pluto in there in your first house, this is all going to be coming to fruition. So it are very transformative. It it, I, it feels like that um, you know with Pluto in your first house it, it it just feels like there's going to be some kind and this has something to do with either higher education as well as publishing the law um the esoteric subject subjects uh philosophy um 
you know, you, yes. it, you might be feeling a, a change or a transformation within, um, you know, because a, a lunar, a lunar event does have a lot to do with how you feel towards things that are, that are, are more inward than say outward. But yeah, this is a, a good time for transformation. It's going to happen between that on that ninth house, which is great. Yeah. It'll be interesting. <laughs> yes. I'm a Capricorn ascendant. And well, then publishing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, the internet's included in that, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, it is. <laughs> so, yeah. And if you are a Sagittarius ascendant, this full moon is happening in your 10th house. And the 10th house is career and public reputation. So there could be a high point, uh, a culmination or an ending regarding these matters. It's also authority figures. Uh, so that could be bosses or just authority in general. Uh, some people kind of include parents under that. But generally speaking, we're talking about um, career and public reputation. So for whatever reason, you're getting a lot of attention at this time. Uh, it could be something, well, you've got a lot of, you've got Mars in the seventh, maybe something's going on with relationships. You've got, uh, what, Sun, Neptune and Mercury in the fourth house of home and family. You've got uh, both benefics. You've got Jupiter and Venus in the fifth house of fun, romance, um, socializing, um, entertainment. So, yeah, for whatever reason, there's some attention on you. It could be something to do with work. It could be just you're completing a project at work. It could be, yeah, it could be you're getting married, all sorts of things. For whatever reason, there's more attention on you than usual. I do like to remind people that it's also the house of infamy. So, yeah, if you're misbehaving, that's kind of also likely to be under the spotlight. But but then we've got the square to Mars and the um, the trine to Uranus in the sixth house. So, yeah, look, have fun. It should be a good time. And if you are a Scorpio rising, this is going to be happening in your 11th house. And that is the house of uh, your hopes and dreams, as well as your associations with your friends, groups. Yeah, and this is uh, this is the, this is that house where you want your hopes and dreams to 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 appear. And and with the with this moon and coming to a full moon, you'll you very well might if if your if your natal chart is um, supportive of it, you know having your your hopes and dreams come to a fruition so if you are a, a scorpio rising this is what's going to be happening with um in this next fortnight it's uh this is the uh, this is the house where those things will be coming to fruition so if you've been working on something with your groups and associations um your hopes and dreams this might be the time where it all comes together for you nice and if you are a Libra ascendant, this is this full moon is happening in your 12th house. The 12th house is hidden and secret matters. It's places of retreat and confinement. So that could be a spiritual retreat or just going away and kind of locking yourself away and working on something or just taking time out to recharge your batteries. It could be uh, places of confinement. So that could be hospitals, that could be prisons 
that could be just somewhere where you don't particularly want to be, but you feel like you can't leave. This could be some sort of completion, ending or high point. So if you've done that, you've kind of locked yourself away to do something or taken time out to, you know, take a breather. This might be the time where you kind of like, okay, that's enough. I can come back out into the world now. Uh, Mars in the uh, ninth. Uh, Donna was saying earlier, ninth house is associated with publishing and that. So uh, great time if you've been spending time away writing or whatever. Great time. You know, you've had that Mars there. You've got the benefics in the seventh house too. That's nice. Um, and then Uranus in the eighth. That's a little bit more challenging, but yeah. Hmm. Sacking element. Yeah, something surprising there, but that could be loans, debts. And as we were saying earlier, you know, surprises don't always have to be horrible. They can be quite good sometimes. And Uranus is, uh, it's often said to bring freedom, but like it'd be a pain in the butt before you get that freedom sometimes. So, hmm. And Donna, do you have a crystal do for us? I do. I have a crystal. Um, I have been working with it for a, a couple of years now, and it's called Vanadinite. It is a, now this is a pretty red color, um, and I've got a couple of them. They're very small. They're, um, you can see, you can see how, how small it is compared to my, the rest of my hand. Mm -hmm. Okay, so um, I do have a bigger piece. It goes from red to a brownish color. Okay. Well, hopefully you can see it better. It's associated with the element of fire. Um, it is it is one of the rarer kinds. It's it's not like you can find, like you can find quartz almost everywhere. You can find citrine pretty much everywhere. There's a lot of stones that you can just find anywhere. This is not one of them. It's only found in Morocco, New Mexico, and Arizona. Oh wow! Um, I've been I've been working with this stone. It is um, mostly on the on the on the lower chakras, on the 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 root, the sacral, the the solar plexus. It um, how I've been working with this, especially with. Uh, Mars going through my second house is it reduces spending. It cuts your spending. So nice. when you're um when you're when you're trying to go Christmas shopping, I always go over budget. <laughs> I always, always do. It's just one of the things I do. Anyway, um this kind of makes it so you don't go over budget by too much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not guaranteeing that you won't go over budget, just not by too much. <laughs> keeps it in check yeah so if you're gonna go out and buy shoes this is the perfect stone to work with ahead of time so you're only coming with one pair of shoes not six mm -hmm, um mm -hmm. it's got a crystal it's got a hexagonal crystal system you can see that the crystals are kind of hexagonal mm -hmm. uh, if i can turn it um uh, it can be even hollow it activates the the, the lower third chakras um it's support. It's in according to the Book of Stones, which is my my go to source usually. Um, it's good for supporting energy for hard work. So, with the 
Virgo uh, full moon. I thought this was great because Virgo is known for the hard work that they they do. They're just they're always at the daily, mm-hmm. you know, doing whatever needs to be done. Um, it also provides earthly connections as far as um, what you would what you would use for connecting with the earth. Like if you were a dowser and and you were looking for like where the water is, this is the stone to work with. If you're looking for mining, I would suggest this would be the stone to work with. It gives you that, that connection with the earth that's under your feet. So I like it for the, 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 the root um, kind of, kind of gives you that, ability to sense what's needed in your surroundings the the, that type of that that type of energy and that's why i absolutely love this stone i've been working with it for that's the matrix that it grew that that it growed on that it grew on (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so this is the this is more of a browner and you could you can tell the difference you know one's very red Mm -hmm. and one's very brown so this is a stone I've been working with for a while, and I absolutely love it. It has a most hardness, and that's why this one is in three pieces. It is uh, got a most hardness of three, so it's oh. not really good for jewelry. It what inspired me to get a a storage system where you know my crystals have their own house <laughs> to live in because it's only a most three, or yeah, it's got a most hardness of three, so it's very brittle it can be broken very very easily but it's so if you a very keep it nice with stone. other if you keep sorry if you keep it with other harder crystals they can kind of damage it okay interesting but it's it's a really soft um easy energy you know mm-hmm. if 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 you uh yeah if you are working with it and you know um it would be in one of those stones if I were if I were wanting to if I were wanting to straighten up, you know, <laughs> this would be the stone that I would write because it, it it gets that spatial like what's needed in the space and what's not. So oh, interesting. That's kind of the energy that it has. It's it's very nice and um very effective, very nice mm-hmm. and effective. You know, because you want to buy stuff for Christmas, but you don't necessarily want to buy things that are not needed wanted or yeah it it, it just it just really helps with the whole yeah yeah it's no good buying you know a hundred dollars worth of stuff if it's stuff that they don't want yeah yeah it's like you may as well just throwing that money away yeah Hmm. right so i would associate the planets with it would be like a a saturn planet because for that root that 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 grounding and 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 boundaries of of things it also Mm -hmm. is mercurial because it you know what is the what where is the where's the wiser places to spend your pennies um and it's i think it has a little bit of that fire um according to the according to the book of stones mm-hmm. it does resonate with fire but it does have that um you know that action to to connect so i i really like the stone and it's called vanadinite okay and cool. i will i will I will take a picture of it and mm-hmm. write an article and you will be linking to it, hopefully. I will. I will indeed. Perfect. Mm. Yeah. It's a great stone. Excellent. And let's have a look because there's a lot of them. There's a lot of things happening in the next two weeks. We were talking about this earlier and we 
we said that we've had a fairly easy couple of podcasts, the last few ones, but now we've got quite a few to get through. So this is going to be possibly a longer than usual podcast. So, but, you know, if you're watching or listening, you know, there should be um, timestamps that will tell you if you are only interested in this specific aspect, you can jump ahead. So. So the first aspect that we are going to be um, face-to-face with after the full moon is going to be Saturn is going to jump right at Pisces. Uh, but Saturn's moving into Pisces just at about an hour and a few minutes later. Yeah, less than an hour later. Yeah, that's interesting. So. Uh, we were talking, I think, uh, Saturn had <laughs> um, the essential dignity of plus 10 and it goes down to plus one because it's no longer in the sign that it rules it uh all it has is um face face which is the bounds isn't no the decans the decans that's right i always mix those two up um yeah so saturn in pisces saturn's been in capricorn and then aquarius for must be about four years or so Let's have a quick look. It moved into Aquarius March 20th or that yeah, weekend. Yeah, I'm thinking when it moved into, it was actually March 20th. Um, into Capricorn. But when, when oh. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks like since about 2018, we've had it more or less in um, Saturn in a, a sign that rules. So it's been pretty strong since 2018. Uh, possibly went back into Sage for a little while, but that's a long time to um. In its, in its own rulership for yes, eighteen, yes. nineteen, twenty, almost five years. Yeah, well, that's that's that would be about right. About two and a half years, they say, in a sign, and usually, like you know, all the other signs that are ruling, like you know, say Mercury, so Gemini, excuse me, and Virgo. You know, there's a space in between them. It's not just one big chunk all at once. You know, it's Saturn's the uh, only one that's kind of got those two signs. It's, yeah, takes its time. But yes, we're free of that. Yeah, it'll be different. It's uh, going to be in Pisces, which is a mutable water sign ruled by Jupiter. So more adaptable. Uh, in Aquarius, it was quite fixed. It's a water sign, so a little bit more emotional. Uh, Pisces is quite often quite a dreamy kind of a lot of a lot of people are expecting a lot of um, I suppose artistic stuff going on with this. I don't know. What do you think, Donna? I know I am. <laughs> well, Saturn gives you that structure. It still has it still has some dignity, so it it still it still can um, you know produce. Um, positive results and Saturn is losing quite a bit it's it's losing nine points in strength moving from mm. just one sign to you know into Pisces so it's not going to be as strong for those people that have a hard time with Saturn I, I, yeah, I just think of that <laughs> not one of them. <laughs> particularly night charts yeah particularly um, the night charts I'm a day chart so mm. I I try not to worry about Saturn um as much as as those people who are born at night yeah um wherever pisces is in your uh natal chart there may be more structure more stability this is also the planet and no or 
needing to learn about boundaries or patience and diligence and you know it can be it can be it can be challenging you know this isn't the denial quick, and constriction as well yeah this this isn't the quick happy you know enthusiastic jupiter this is saturn he's here you know to teach us things <laughs> I was going to say, I, I think I've heard too that Saturn, when it leaves a sign, it kind of can give you a gift. So, oh, that would be nice. It's leaving my second. <laughs> I don't think it's going to leave me any gifts. He doesn't like me. <laughs> it's leaving my 10th. <laughs> so, um, Saturn, wherever it is in your natal chart, you know, there may be limitations, restrictions regarding some areas of your life regarding those topics or people associated with that house but you know you may also be you know building that strong foundation regarding those people or topics right and this is going to affect the pisces rising people because the pisces rising you know they've they've been going on with you know no boundaries and you know you know having that dreary that that dreamy kind of aspect and you've got saturn going hey shore up the wall this is the boundary you know and, and so it might be a little rough for the piscean um risings <laughs> actually that's because they're certainly not used to that that abruptness of you know this is the rule mm -hmm. so that's really interesting. My uh, son is uh, Pisces ascendant. One of them's a Pisces ascendant, and literally, it's kind of like I've got to grow him up. He's got to take more responsibility. He's got to do that, and you know, it, it's coming to a kind of culmination of that sort of topic. Yeah, it, it fits. It's kind of like that's what I literally say. I have to grow him up. He has to mature. So yeah, it's it fits really well. It's going to have a nice entry there. Um, Venus is going to receive that right there in, in her terms. So mm -hmm. it's going to have a, a nicer, a, a gentler, a gentler flavor. I'm hoping. You know, for Pisces, it will be to do with their vitality and, and how they appear to others. You know, because the ascendant is how we dawn on others, how, how other people view us, as well as our appearance. Oh, actually, he'll be really happy to hear about that because <laughs> he's he is working on losing weight and been working hard. So maybe some actual results now. Very nice. Hmm. So, yeah, there are positive things with all of these aspects. There's a positive way to handle the energy and there's a negative way to handle the energy. I think our job as as uh, the collective you know, humans on, on the planet, if we can express that uh, more positively, I think we will advance as a human race a little bit quicker. So yeah. try to stay on the positive. So what we, after that, all that, that the, the full moon and Saturn moving in, do we have like a one, two, three, four day break? Yeah. Three or yeah. four day break. Yeah, no it's planetary action. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as I always have said, when a planet moves into a sign, mm -hmm. you know, journal because it is is going to be impactful because um, yeah, it, it, they they just tended to make a make an impact. And, and those people that have um, Saturn in Pisces, 
I know that um, even if it's, you know, 15, 20, however many degrees of Pisces, I know a lot of people believe that when Saturn moves into the sign, you can start to feel the effects of that. Because, I mean, Saturn's slow moving. It's not going to be just like overnight. It's it's a slow moving thing. And it'll probably build up to a crescendo when you actually have the uh, conjunction. It is one of our slower planets. When Saturn goes around the, the zodiac every 27, as Linda was saying, 27, 30 years. So it is a very slow moving planet it's one of ours it's it's the slowest moving planet in our in hellenistically it was the seven it was yeah the, the, the traditional yeah. seven it was the slowest mm. planet the farthest out so it's the farthest away from the sun so it's the coldest it's mm. it's slow and it takes 27 to 30 years to go all the way around so yeah yeah this is uh a slow mover for sure but you will feel it with if when with that of the other planets that are that you have in your natal chart you'll mm -hmm. feel it yeah and then we have venus sextile mars on the 11th of um march and this is that 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 female male energy it's a good aspect so maybe there will be better communications between the female male you know type of themes um, hopefully it won't be too, it's not a hard aspect or, or not. No, it's, it is an easy aspect. I don't mean to say that, but hopefully the, uh, interactions between males and females is on the nicer side. Venus is, uh, in detriment because she's in Mars sign Aries. So at least they've kind of got some reception there. Yeah. So, hmm. Yeah, look, Mars and Venus, they're an archetypal pair. They go well together. You know, they're very different energies. You know, you got your, if you want to describe it as a feminine and the masculine kind of energies. And yeah, just kind of, this can be quite sexy. It's, um, yeah, just really nice. And then the next day, Mercury will sextile Uranus. And that is a great aspect if you are trying to um think uh through a problem if you are trying to problem solve if you are brainstorming this is a great aspect for trying to get things done um we have a lot of stuff to go through so <laughs> this might help you if you if you understand an energy use this day and this aspect to try to think through uh potential problems this is this is wonderful for it yeah i like um mercury uranus uh soft aspects so either the sextile or the trine kind of eureka ideas kind of like sudden aha moments uh mercury is in pisces so it is in detriment and fall it just means that it's not so good with the nitty-gritty it's uh more interested in the big picture ideas uranus is quite uh far seeing and it's interested in the revolutionary and the new so this could be a really good time for creative not necessarily overly practical ideas but that doesn't mean that they can't be refined later but yeah good data hmm, we'll it's see. a good day to think outside the box exactly yes yeah actually great uh keyword for that thinking outside the box <laughs> 
And then on March 14th, we're going to have Mars squaring Neptune. <laughs> mm. This will be on the, on the, as I was saying earlier, a positive and a negative uh, manifestation of this is yelling at somebody and you really don't have your facts right, <laughs> which would be the worst thing to do. And that's exactly what a Mars Neptune does, is it? You could go off on somebody and not really quite know. I'm, I'm looking at the date. I'm like, okay, March 14th. Don't go. <laughs> don't stand on a soapbox. Um, that's the day where you could be very misled on your actions. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, that sun's coming up very close to that Neptune, you know, so it's not just you know, that blurriness and that, it's kind of like almost our ego or our, do you know when like sometimes, well, there's an expression, you know, this is the hill I'm going to die on, you know, it's like you'll put up with this, this and this, but that's just a bit too far. And I kind of get that sort of uh, energy with this, but it could be quite misguided. Maybe you're fighting with someone who's not even disagreeing with you. You know, you've made an assumption. Um, yeah, confused anger, um, misdirected anger. Um, can also, I believe, uh, what's the word? Kind of dissipate energy because Mars is not just anger. It's also that energy, that drive, that ambition. Uh, Mars just wants to go forward. And Mars is just about, it's not quite. But at this time, it is almost out of that retrograde um, shadow period. Still kind of not caught up to where it was when it did start retrograding. We're almost there. And this could be, you know, Mars is impatient in general. You know, you may just have the complete wrong end of the stick when it comes to anger, aggression, or even drive. Maybe, Maybe you're kind of thinking, oh, I need to do this. And, you know, it's misdirected. You know, you should have been doing this. And, you know, it's like the thing that popped in my head was like you're trying to put in like a flat pack, you know, Ikea thing. And you kind of got all the tools out and you've done it all, but then you've put it on wrong or back to front. You know, it's, yeah, not good. But on the positive, you could have action towards creative outlet yeah maybe yes and you know maybe maybe depleted energy would not be a bad thing for some people I don't know it's yeah look all these energies it's not all black and white it's not this is a trine or a sextile so it's easy and it's good because they can make you complacent sometimes you need those oppositions and those squares to get you moving so yeah um maybe you've been enjoying yourself a bit too much and now you kind of got that spur to um actually I need to do these things and kind of yeah I don't know so however you want to use the energies that's exactly why you're listening to this so that you're prepared at least at least things won't come to you as a shock you'll go oh okay well I knew that was coming and this could happen so <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you've been warned <laughs> yeah this is so an interesting couple of days yeah. Oh, well, on the um, 15th, yeah, we have the sun is going to conjunct Neptune. Yeah. And yeah, that's an aspect where for sure you're not going to see a lot of things clearly, I would suppose. Yeah, I think it'd be very easy to um, kind of delude yourself at this time. 
Neptune, just what am I not seeing? It's blurry, it's romantic, it's idealistic, it can be very altruistic. It can be a really nice energy, but um, and, and maybe you go and do something, maybe you are doing something altruistic, maybe you're doing something really good. And actually, that might be a really nice use of that with that square to Mars actually having the drive and the energy put into doing something for humanity, for society, for others, perhaps. Uh, that could be a really nice use of that. But it could be a little bit self-deluded, could be very creative, as you were saying with the uh, Neptune, Mars, putting energy into, you know, a creative pursuit, which, yeah, if it was creative, I'm kind of thinking almost like, Salvador Dali or those kind of you know what are those ones with the melting clocks abstract. and all that sort of stuff yeah yeah kind of abstract yeah surrealism or something I, I, I don't know I'm not up on art but yeah just <laughs> very very surreal and very yeah not not clearly defined and easily pigeonholed kind of this is yeah it kind of seeps out of that box and it's kind of moving around and doing what it wants and yeah and this is the same day as you were alluding earlier where mars is going to be out of its shadow period yeah so all those issues that you were facing back and forth back and forth are going to um have been cleared up have they've been taken care of by now and you know we can move on with Mars can move on with no baggage. Yeah, I'm really, really hoping so. Like I was saying to Donna, I think, well, what's today? Today is the uh, 28th of Feb here. I'd say probably since about 26th of Feb, it's kind of just like really kick-started. I'm, I'm feeling it. and I, I know a lot of other people are feeling it. And maybe come the 15th of March, maybe it will be full steam ahead. I certainly hope so. Um, Mars will be in Gemini. It won't leave Gemini until about the 25th of uh, March, I believe, if I remember correctly. Yeah. It will have been in Gemini for a good seven months by that time. So we'll all say goodbye. Don't come back anytime soon. It will go into um, Cancer then where it's actually in fall. So it won't be awfully powerful, but at least it won't be in Gemini. And I should imagine if you're a Gemini Ascendant, that's going to be like a big relief, particularly for Gemini Ascendants, I would imagine. All Taurus Ascendants who are finally going to get it out of their second house of resources. <laughs> <laughs> Very yeah. fun times. It just, you know, just because it's it's a Mars, a Malefic, it means action. It doesn't necessarily mean horrible things all the time. Yeah, so yes, like, I have, I have, I have had my 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 scrapes and my and my falls with Mars, because yeah. um, it is my malefic planet, and yeah, I have I have bled from <laughs> Mars. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's it, it when it has the nice aspects, it's not so bad. Yeah, yeah, I I like Mars. Yeah, but I'm a ninth chance, so and I got a strong Mars, so. <laughs> Yeah, it, it 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 can be good. You if you, especially if you use Mars to uh, to your advantage, it's meant for drive. Use so, your Mars on. power for good 
or evil. Well, yeah, I have Mars and Leo, so <laughs> I do have drive drive there in my fourth house. So yeah, and I do. I I I I do have a lot of activity in in mm. my home. But I also do fall off ladders. I, I try not to go <laughs> on ladders. Yeah. Yeah. Try not to rush. Or but, handle yeah. sharp objects. Yeah, that's my biggest thing. I can cut myself literally so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Enough about me. Let's move on. <laughs> and the sixteenth, we'll have three three Sorry. aspects. Yeah, just the following day. Mm -hmm. So the first one will be Mercury is going to conjunct Neptune. So if you were thought you were, if you thought you had a good idea, you might want to hold on to it. Um, you know, Mercury is is there is that planet of of communication and and commerce as well. But it, it gives you the Neptune is it might blur things a bit, mm, mm. and Mercury is that process. It's commerce. It's communications. So, yeah. So we've got uh, Mercury, which is in Pisces, as we said earlier. It's in detriment and fall. It's not very strong. It's very creative though. So, and it is melding, which is what a conjunction is. It's when they look to be right next to each other with Neptune. So can be great for creative pursuits. If you're trying to think outside the box, if you're trying to do all that sort of thing, be creative, great. It's still got that uh, square to Mars. Maybe you actually do something about it rather than just thinking about it. But, you know, probably not the best time to be signing contracts. Mercury usually is really good at that sort of stuff. It drills down. It can get very in-depth and very granular with that sort of stuff. This is a Mercury that's ruled by Jupiter, which is all big picture. It's all pie in the sky. And it's enthusiastic and optimistic. It's not the most practical, though. So if you can try and not, if you can avoid signing documents or things that are super important that it really requires that everything's on point not the best day for it so yeah if you can avoid doing it on that day i would neptune can also be a little bit deceptive it's altruistic it's idealistic it's romantic you might be very dreamy all that sort of stuff great thoughts you know not only creative but maybe you're feeling very compassionate towards others but yeah it can also be deceptive so just be aware of that Things that you hear might not be necessarily true. We do have that square to Mars. I was talking before about how that could be if you do have these creative, great, well, creative ideas, maybe you can put that energy in, actually use that square to move. But this could also be you hear something or you think you hear something and there's anger or pushback or aggression regarding it. Just be aware that what you think you heard might not be the actual truth or it might not be what you what the person actually said you know just this is kind of everything's blurry it's yeah it's like listening to something underwater and it's you know yeah just yeah try not to rise to the bait perhaps if somebody's baiting you it might not be true or just make sure you got your facts straight. Good advice to follow. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, on the upside, this is an aspect that would 
It would, I think it would be nice for artistic pursuits. Mm, yeah, it could be very nice for that. And I mean, you've got both Mercury and Neptune conjunct the sun, you know, it could be very nice, but yeah, it could be a real mess. But we have free will. So grab a paintbrush and, and set the pen down. <laughs> <laughs> yes, maybe a good time to be creative somewhere alone. <laughs> uh, and the same day on the 16th, this is in the up in the US, we have Sun Square Mars. <laughs> Donna's just over here dying. <laughs> I, this is the day I am not picking up a knife. Family, fa family news. I am not cooking that day. Um, yeah, <laughs> this is a day where you know, with that square is is could cause action, and um, it's a day to be careful if you are a day birth. Yeah, you sure. know, the square to um Mars, the sun, the sun, the sun is your vitality. The Mars is 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 drive aggression, separation, bleeding, hot. You know, that's, that's what Mars represents. And, uh, with, you know, with a square, you don't need to go looking for trouble if you already know it's there. So if you're listening to this, you know, it's there. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, just be on the more cautious side. This is not the day to be taking the chances. If you have never been skydiving, probably yeah. not a good idea to do it. Not yeah. today. Tomorrow is fine, but not today. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that Mars is also impatience and haste and, you know, it can be accidents and that. So, yeah, just be careful. I mean, it is square. And that sun is, you know, we've got the sun, Mercury and Neptune all at 25 degrees of Pisces, squaring Mars at 25 degrees of Gemini. Yeah, you know, your head's in the clouds with that mercury neptune quite possibly you're not paying attention and like donna said you know you're slicing tomatoes and suddenly you know you slice the tip off your finger or something just really needs to be just pay attention you know if something's a little bit dangerous or could go a little bit wrong just just watch that you know and mercury can often um is often associated with um transportation and that say cars and that you know just you know Pay a little bit more attention while you're driving and, you know, don't be picking up that phone and you shouldn't be doing that anyway. But, you know, just, you know, yeah, don't just don't push. Just a little it's, bit of caution. Yeah. Funny how all these ones kind of all blend into each other. You know, it's a, astrology works and astrology mm. will help you. Astrology <clears throat> will set you up for, you know, this is the direction we're going. And then when the as an event finally appears, you're like, Oh, okay. That's what that was about. So, you know, it's not like you go from, you know, into a hot spot from, you know, from, from a, from the throne to a hot spot. Mm. Rarely. I mean, <laughs> I suppose you could, but um, it, it's, it's more of a, of a, of a gradual, we're, we're moving everybody over to this platform. You know, it's, mm. it's, it's, it's really a, if you pay attention to the planetary energies, they actually do a nudge you to the path that you want you want to be taking. Mm -hmm. And these are all very general. We're looking at it for kind of very general for everybody. This isn't taking into account what's happening in your individual chart. It's very general keywords of what these planetary energies, how they might manifest. 
and yeah you know different areas of your chart it's and there's various different ways that they can work these aspects it's not just like oh well here comes a venus square pluto and then the next day you know in comes you know this other aspect it's like you particularly when you do have some kind of three or four happening at once and some of them are good and some of them are not so good you know you might be listening to this and like that never happens to you because it wasn't really making an impact on your chart or it was a minor inconvenience that was barely worth noting on your radar but you know or there's a uh how would you put it um a combination of good and not so good things happening in your day you know but yes venus square pluto happening on the 16th as well uh early afternoon in the u.s interesting so venus is at the very end of Aries here so she is in detriment there she's not in a good position she's just about to change into Taurus which we will get to very soon where she will be a lot stronger well how strong is she here she's negative four she's not doing well at all she's got um face which is the Deccan she's in her own Deccan and that's about it but yeah she's going to square Pluto which is depth and intensity and honesty and transformation so I can kind of see this being jealousy obsession you know intense discussions this could be positively this could be like really intense deep and meaningful conversations or relationships or even really moving um like if you're really into art and all that perhaps you are particularly moved by an incredibly moving piece of art or some sort of cinema or something similar uh could have to do with your values as well but the square is challenging Pluto can be quite I don't even know what word to describe it I want to say intense but intense <laughs> doesn't even kind of describe it sometimes it's at the 29th degree 52 minutes of uh Capricorn it's just about done with Capricorn it it's it it's not fully done with Capricorn because he's going to come back a couple more times so but he's going to dip into um Aquarius I think on the 23rd is that right I think so yeah I think um, around about the 23rd of March yeah. so yeah March is a big month yes. a lot of things setting up moving on he will duck back into Capricorn don't worry Capricorn he's coming back at least twice more <laughs> but yes uh yeah this is 29th degree can often be it's called the anoretic degree it's quite it's the it's the anoretic degree that it's the the planets are saying you know what i've i've lived with this conversation for a while and i'm done with it i'm ready to move on so they're trying to clean it up but this the pluto and venus is about the power struggle you know between men and women it's 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 also a power struggle between um you know the other aspects in your life bosses might be as well um spouses significant others this is this is the signification of a power struggle and venus is not sitting in um in in favor she's she is she's still peregrine um yeah and she's still peregrine so no she's not yeah she's in her own deck and yeah she's still very so she has a little bit of power but still the square to pluto is is that hades 
Persephone. That Hades theme that is mm-hmm. still, you know, going on with the power struggles in your life. Yeah. I mean, I think Venus is, yeah, she's moving at 122% of her usual speed. So we've got a day or two of maybe intense stuff going on. And I mean, if you've got um, planets or chart points around about 29 degrees of the cardinal signs, so Aries, Capricorn, Libra or Cancer, you may be feeling this impact more. Venus is going to move on pretty quick. She's going to escape into Taurus where she's quite strong. Uh, so that's something to look forward to. But yeah, no, this is intense. It can be honesty, depth. I think this could be maybe helpful for moving some situations forward, perhaps relationships, uh, but not without, I don't want to say drama. Some but, kind of change. Um, yeah, without, you know, this isn't, this isn't a light, happy, breezy uh, aspect. This is deep and perhaps challenging yeah perhaps cleansing perhaps that would be nice yeah and speaking of which later that day venus enters taurus late afternoon in the u.s oh she'll be at a score of 10 then for her essential dignities because she's going to be in the sign that she rules she's going to be in her own bound oh and triplicity if you are a day chart so well, for day charts anyway. So yeah, nice um, nice position for her. She's still within that one degree for a little while of that square to Pluto that we were just talking about previous. And I usually like to look at about one degree either side, but I know a lot of people say three degrees either side. So that could be three or four days. And But the most intensity of that square would have been earlier that day. Uh, But yeah, she's kind of gaining some strength here. So she starts off quite weak when that uh, Pluto square happens, when she first squares Pluto. And then she kind of, I was going to say man's up. (laughs) I was going to say she almost man's up, but she's she's not a man. (laughs) She's, um, which is ironic because she was in a very masculine sign beforehand. (laughs) She woman's up. she woman's up (laughs) it's a very good sign it's a sign that she rules and she's in her own face she's in her own triplicity she just has a lot of power right now yeah yeah and she's getting very close to that north node too which can increase or um what's the word yeah increase Mm -hmm. elevate yeah yeah so venus in taurus wherever taurus is in your natal chart Venus is one of the benefics, so it does tend to bring nice things to the topics or people associated with that area of your chart. Donna's over here celebrating because she's a Taurus ascendant. I've got Taurus in my fifth house, which is a very nice house to have Taurus in. (laughs) So, yes. Mm, That will be nice. Much to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. Venus is, she's good here. She's calm, collected. She's an earth sign. She's very sensual can be quite fixed uh but yeah she's i kind of think of her as that earth mother in this sign so wherever venus is you may have some uh yeah some benefit or some sort of you know not necessarily gift or something but good things happening the benefics do tend to bring good things looking forward to that yeah i'm just looking at that venus uranus which is going to be happening later that'll be interesting it won't be in this uh 
forecast. It'll be the next one. That'll be fun. Venus and Uranus. Expect the unexpected. Oh, yeah. And then we've got Mercury square Mars. So, yes, fighting words. Mm. Interesting. Um, Mercury sandwiched between Neptune and the sun at this time. That's something that we were going to look at. And I will actually put in the description when we get to the Mercury Kazemi. But Mercury has been within, um, it's been too close to the sun. So it hasn't been visible. When a planet is within 15, about 15 degrees of the sun, it's not visible. When it's within about eight degrees, it's called combust. It's burnt up. It's too close to the sun sort of thing. So this is poor Mercury. It's in fall. It's in detriment. It's It was combust. under the beams. Now that is combust. But it is going to come up for its Kazemi. And some people, well, actually, this will be within... Oh, that, well, that's helpful, actually. It's going to be within even the medieval definition of Kazemi at this time, which is 16 minutes. This is, uh, they're both at 26 degrees, the sun and Mercury. Uh, Mercury's at five minutes, the sun's at 19 minutes. So that's 14 minutes difference. So it will be within the definition of a Kazemi, even a strict definition. Some people allow one degree. So, yeah, so with... Mercury being Kazemi, some people believe it gives it extra strength. I do like the idea of it being like a man who's been sick and he's been on his sick bed and he's kind of recovered. You know, the fever's broken, he's no longer in danger, but he's still not 100%. And I think that's quite applicable for this Mercury. I'm a Mercury in Pisces. I don't think of it as weak but the simple fact is it's it's in detriment it is in fall it has been burnt up by the sun as soon as it moves moves past this kazemi it is going to be under it's going to be combust again it's going to be under the beams it's going to take a while until this mercury gains some strength though it will be within the next two week period because it moves into aries so it must be i think it's still going to be under the beams but at least it won't be in Pisces having said that yeah with the square to Mars this is fighting words and I think it's going to be all a big mistake it's all going to be a big what's the word misunderstanding for a lot of people I wonder if this could be an opportunity when Mercury is Kazemi in the sun that is it, it, it's almost like it gets special power Mm -hmm. It gets the king's ear. Mm -hmm. it, it does. I wonder if you can have a speech that might be transformative, not not calling him Pluto, but call it, but going towards Mars because Mars is that action. Mercury is that speech. So I wonder if that that speech could propel uh, action. I like that. I like that a lot, particularly since that Mars is in Gemini and um, it's inspired or it's uh, energized by words. Uh, I like that a lot. Yeah. And, you know, you're thinking about like rousing historical speeches, like say the Gettysburg Address or um, there's a speech about St. Crispin's Day in Henry V sort of thing. There's a lot of, you know, it's amazing how you can empower and embolden people with the right words. And yeah, this could be a really, really good use of that energy and perhaps an ideal situation for this. Yeah, I like it. Well spotted. 
So definitely a day to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Either you'll see something very positive or you will see a train wreck. (laughs) (laughs) What's that light at the end of the tunnel? It's a train. (laughs) Judy and Thinny on the track. Um, Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it's. It, it, you know, it depends on how you want to use that energy. So mm, be inspiring mm. or, you know, don't give it a thought and create chaos. Yeah. <laughs> if if somebody kind of, you know, starts bickering, yeah, just be aware. I, I would be trying to clarify what exactly did you say or what do you think I said? There's a lot of confusion here. But maybe this is like the... um. It, best time to try and clear that up while it is within the heart of the sun and has the ear of the king which is the sun so hmm, very interesting hmm. i'm just looking at it when it's exact and here comes the moon with uh, pluto <laughs> <laughs> it might get a little intense but you know that intensity could be inspiring so yeah i really like that use of that we're going to have to go listen to very moving speeches. I like mm. moving speeches. Mm, so do I. And then so finally we have the Mercury conjunct the sun. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, like we said earlier, that's that's having the king's ear. That's, that's you know, you, you were going through... You know, you're coming close to the sun, you're getting, you're getting hot, you're, you're getting closer, you're combust. Then, then you go sit in the heart of the sun and, you know, you have almost a boost of vitality or, or, or that planet gets a boost of vitality. And, and I think that the sun kind of directs and gives the, uh, the planets their, um, Kind of their marching papers of this is what I want you to do because the conjunctions, you know, they they are the the starting points of of a whole series of of uh, it's it's the starting point of what am I trying to say? It's the starting point of you know when the conjun- when they when they have the yeah, yeah. a new cycle <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and and so it's it's in a forward direction so it's almost like getting marching orders from the sun. To say, okay, now this is this is the plan. This is what we're going to do. You know, yeah. so yeah, and and I people... view the sun as kind of like the quarterback <laughs> of our solar system. Is the quarterback the most important person in football? I don't follow football, so <laughs> he, he he's the he's the one in charge. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, I've put this. If you can see this uh, up here, I've said Mercury conjunct the sun. A lot of people would say it should be sun conjunct Mercury, but it's actually Mercury catching up and conjoining the sun and then it's going to overtake it and then later on the sun will you know catch up as mercury slows down and eventually the sun will catch up the sun will conjunct mercury but this is the um now i'm trying to think is this the inferior or the i think this is the superior conjunction superior superior yep yep superior conjunction Uh, i think this is I think they're both opposite Earth at this time. I know we did a a video about Mercury retrograde and in it we do cover all this. And, you know, it's just sometimes you kind of got to think, oh, was it superior, inferior? But I think, yeah, superior. Yeah. 
I really, but that Neptune's still clouding things. It, but yeah, it, it that that Neptune can be idealistic. It can be altruistic. So that could be very nice. I just mentioned before, and I'm going to mention again. So if you're listening, I'm sorry, but I cut these up, and I want this in the Kazemi one. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like some people believe it's like you know, the planet, in this case, Mercury, it's like a man on his sickbed. He's made a recovery. He's better. He's over the worst of the illness, but he's not fully recovered yet, which he's come through being under the beams. He couldn't be seen because he was outshone by the sun. He's got too close to the sun. He's been burnt up. He's having a rest and a respite here. He's kind of catching his breath, having something to drink you know he's kind of the king's kind of like okay you've traveled all this way and in this case particularly because um mercury is in pisces is as far away as he can possibly be from his usual place of um virgo opposite or um gemini which is square it he's like a stranger in a strange land you know he's had to sneak in and he's got the king's ear so you know if the king gives you an audience, that's quite important. So, yeah, yeah. hopefully this can be quite good. And, and this is what happens sometimes with Mercury and Pisces, because we are ruled by Jupiter, and we do like to <laughs> ramble. And see, um, yeah, this is also indicative of almost like that Neptune too. We've spoken about how sometimes, even though the planetary energies, it's kind of like you can almost evoke them by speaking about them sometimes is that blurring <laughs> it's um, kind of all over the place <laughs> but yeah um nice mercury conjunct the sun it's kazemi hopefully quite good it lasts about a day or so mercury's moving really quick at this time about 199 percent of its usual speed because when mercury comes up to the sun it is moving really quick it is moving quickish yeah when it's retrograde but i mean when it's retrograde it's moving slower than normal and it's going retrograde so but yeah coming up to the sun and conjoining and then moving just past the sun mercury's at its fastest then so a nice aspect a nice aspect when mercury conjuncts the sun i, I think it's, it's a good real... for um thinking i think it's a real saving grace for this uh mercury yeah you know, like we said earlier, do be watchful. You know, it is squaring Mars. Mm, so mm. It, it could it could inspire you to do action. Mm, mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully at the time of the actual Kazemi, yeah. Donna brought up rousing speeches would be great for something like that. Inspiring people. And because you've got that Neptune there all that idealism all that altruistic stuff you got moon coming up to conjoin pluto at the same time so you got that emotional depth and intensity yeah that would be a really good use of it but yeah if someone starts on you yeah just be aware it's, you probably got your facts mixed up or they've got their facts mixed up easy to um bite at this time though or what's the word to take the bait at this time and then the next aspect on the same day is going to be Venus sextile Saturn. Mm. I do like Venus making a sextile aura, trying to Saturn. Brings a little bit of stability and uh, kind of grounds that 
Venus a little bit. If Venus is strong, that Saturn's not as strong as it used to be. That Saturn is, yeah, what's it got? It's in its Deccan. It's still learning all about being in Pisces. Could be quite, yeah, it's kind of a bit of a looser Saturn than we've been used to over the last couple of years. So. Yeah, and this is going to happen. Um, this is here. It's going to fall on St. Patrick's Day mm -hmm, in the United mm -hmm. States. I don't know if I don't know if the dates are um, in other parts of the world. These aspects will be falling on your St. Patrick's Day, but on in the United States, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll be, you know, with family and that type of thing, and friends, and mm -hmm. yeah, maybe maybe a beer. <laughs> I'm just looking for those at those people uh, who Venus in, in green here. Uh, I think green is one of I think olive is one of um Venus's colors, isn't it? But green yes. for Venus. Yes, it is. Like that for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, maybe maybe you'll kiss uh, a cute Irish person. Oh. Who knows? <laughs> well. Well, yeah. You could do worse. That's you possible. Could do a lot worse. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an aspect where you should, it will, it'll help you mind your boundaries. Hmm. Um, I think this just brings a little bit of stability and uh, yeah, maybe maintaining or establishing boundaries within relationships or within values. And when we talk about relationships, the first one that pops up for a lot of people is romantic, but it's also our friendships. It's also, just our relationships in general you know um it's our values and also art and beauty it's things like music and it you know it covers a lot of things and that satin is boundaries it can say no but i mean this is a sextile it should be helpful it's blending that satin is a lot softer than it has been lately it's kind of been super strict these last couple of years or last five years yeah it's still finding its feet yeah. so it's a little bit loose it's ruled by jupiter now it's um jupiter's you know much more enthusiastic and optimistic saturn's not completely comfortable with that but um you know he might lighten up a little bit so it's a little bit of responsibility with venus yeah you yeah. know yes you can have fun yes you can be inclusive but there is a there should be a, a an, an air of responsibility well, I think with Venus too, and, you know, I know we've spoken about this before, Venus is all about you know, sociability, harmony, all that sort of thing, inclusiveness. But Venus, particularly when it comes to relationships, it's also very much not just what we want, but what we don't want. There is that element of discriminating like, well, no, I, I'm not interested in that, or no, I don't like that, or no, I won't stand for that. That goes against my values or whatever. And Saturn is the planet of those. So this could be a time where it's kind of like, yeah, you're establishing those boundaries or defining them or something similar. Yeah. It's not necessarily like, you know, it can be stabilizing. And because like in relationships, you know, Saturn gets a bad rap and I'm pretty, I'm pretty hard on him myself, but you do want Saturn there for stability. And uh, it can bring that, but Saturn is also no. And, you know, we do need to draw boundaries at times, particularly in relationships. Exactly. 
particularly if you're drawing. So for St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> keep your wits about you. <laughs> if you're drawing lines. Well, no, I think this is good. Um, it, it's a sextile. I think it will be fine. I hope. Absolutely. But there's nothing that's saying that lines are not necessary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. For sure. And then on the 18th, we have Mercury sextile Pluto. So, yeah, Mercury almost out of Pisces, out of where it is in detriment and in fall. It is still within the degree of the sun. No, it's not. It's past the degree, isn't it? It's um, yeah. back being combust. So this is a weak Mercury. It is, um, yeah, combust. It's stranger in a strange land. It's not kind of concentrating on the finer details. It's more interested in ideas and visions and enthusiasm and optimism and just big picture thinking. And here it is with a sextile to Pluto. Sextiles are often considered a soft aspect, but we kind of, I think you agree with me with this, Donna, the soft aspects from the outers or to the outers can be quite challenging. They, they are, they, yes. It can just allow the outer planet to do what it wants more freely. It's just like, yep, no barrier here. <laughs> That gate yeah, it removes it removes the obstacles of what it wants to do. Exactly. That obstacle wasn't going to stop it anyway, but this just makes it so much easier for it. Yeah. So Pluto, transformation, honesty, depth, uh, can be issues to do with um, power struggles or um, power dynamics. Uh, so this is thinking maybe, maybe transformative thinking at this time, maybe... Could even be issues to do with um, somebody maybe trying to not manipulate, but some, um, or perhaps even manipulate on certain occasions, but issues to do with, yeah, maybe someone trying to, yeah, I suppose manipulate is the word I want. It's thinking. Could we change somebody's way of thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Transformative thinking, depth. Deep in meaningful conversations. Mercury will get out of Pisces and go into Aries. And I really like Mercury in Pisces. I've got Mercury in Pisces. I think it's very maligned. But in this case, it's too close to the sun. I'm glad to see it get out. It's still going to be combust the sun, but at least it's going to be out from being in detriment and in fall. I'm glad to see this. And hopefully the fighting words are over as it removes itself from the availability of being in a square with Mars. I so, don't think be nice. so. I think Mercury and Aries is more than capable of saying something blunt and not quite thought through. And, oh, you do yeah. have a point. Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. do have a point. Mm. I love my Mercury and Aries people. You know where you stand with them. But yeah, they can be pretty to the point. Can be a little bit harsh sometimes. Mm. A little blunt. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I like the word harsh. For Aries, 
Mercury and Aries, yeah. And mm. as I've said before, when a planet goes into a new sign, which Mercury moving into Aries will do, um, journal. Yeah. It can be impactful. Yeah, so wherever Aries is in your chart, uh, you may be thinking, communicating, or got more communications in general with people or topics associated with that house. You may find that... Um, these thinking and communications don't go as well as you would like for a, a little while because that Mercury is still very close to the sun. It's combust. It's going to take a little while. I'm not sure when exactly it gets out from under the beams, but let's have a quick look. Maybe a week or two. Mercury is moving pretty fast. So looks like early April it will get out from under the beams. April 1st, I like that. <laughs> April Fools! <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> so Mercury and Aries, yeah. So you're going to be, um, for most of March, thinking's not. <laughs> I like that because, you know, March hair. Yeah. You know, Alice in Wonderland and the March hair. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah. Yeah. Just be aware you you when you're communicating with others, you may be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more hasty when you're reading directions or whatever, you know, slow down. You know, it's easy to kind of skim over things and assume that you know this with Mercury combust or under the beams at the time, you know, for most of March, it's really easy to overlook those sorts of things, I think. Yeah. You need to be aware of the planetary energy so you know how to navigate them with the least amount of chaos. <laughs> yeah, and, and I don't think it's a case of you can uh, avoid some of these things. I think, um, but sometimes I find it's helpful to know why, you know. If I'm having a really hectic right. day and I kind of look and it's like, oh, that's why. Hmm. You know, my Mercury's been activated or my Mars is being activated or, you know, it's like, oh, well, that's why. Yeah. And at least, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, you can like, you know, we were talking earlier about uh, one of the aspects. I think it was Mars. I forget what Mars was doing, but it was causing trouble. And yeah, we were worried about you cutting yourself. So you're not allowed to be in the kitchen for the whole of March, are you? <laughs> No, you you can try that. I don't think it'll work fast. <laughs> I have band-aids at the at the ready. <laughs> oh goodness! So yeah, Mercury and Aries. Yeah, like Donna says, journal. Yeah, feisty. This is um yeah, good quick thinking though. You know, rapid thinking, hasty thinking sometimes though. You know. And then we have Sun sextile Pluto. Mm. Again, with these 29 degrees, the anoretic degrees. So, yeah, this could be quite transformative health-wise because the sun is our vitality. It could be being very in-depth and honest with yourself, transformative in some ways. It could be power plays because even though it's a sextile, 
it's coming from an outer, which just allows that outer to kind of do it at once without any obstacles. It's, yeah, hopefully a yeah, positive exactly. One. Yeah, the sun sextile Pluto. And you have to remember, both of these planets are wanting to wrap up whatever energy they wanted to bring to that sign. So at 29 degrees, they're like, all right, how do we... How do we, you know, now that we've all eaten, let's clean up the mess is, is, is what the 29th degree in, from my perspective is what it's doing. It's, it's like, okay, well now what do we do to, to, to be able to move on? Mm. You know, what energy do we need? So we might see a lot of transformation happening. Yeah, because I mean, these are both at 29 degrees, 57 minutes. And I mean, there's. 60 minutes to a degree uh so we're like we're three minutes from moving into um Aries sun and Aries ingress which is like the start of the whole astrological year so yeah this is kind of it could be quite intense I'm really interested to see what the Aries ingress is like oh yeah that will be so interesting Mm-hmm. We did a Aries Ingress uh, last year, and that was very interesting on what each country is going to go through for the uh, rest of the year or um, sometimes three months uh, or six months. So it's very interesting, and it's, it relates to what the country is going to. One of the oldest uh, mundane uh, branches of astrology and what they used to do 4,000 over 4,000 years this would determine on on this day on on March 20th would determine are the crops going to be good will the king mm. survive uh, mm. will we go to war these are all things that the country wants to know and has been practiced for over 4,000 years so mm. a big day when the sun uh, moves into a new sign Oh, totally. But particularly... Which will be happening later on that day, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it can't be far away. Uh, Let's have a look. Yeah. So this Pluto, you know, it's like, what do we need to wrap up? And then, and then the the sun shoots right into, into Aries. So. Yeah. Well, the sun sextile Pluto is at 312 and then we've got sun into Aries at 424. So, yeah. Just a little over. So, Mm. But yeah, Aries Ingress, it's almost like um, a solar return for, you know, when we use it, the Aries Ingress chart to look at countries, it's kind of almost like a solar return for the country, you know, what's going to happen in the coming year. And we'll be doing another uh, Aries Ingress for this uh, 2023 year. Fingers crossed, yeah. Well, hopefully. It's yes. not done yet, but we will. that's the plan. <laughs> that's the plan, yes. Yes, with all that Mercury yeah. um, stuff happening beforehand, yeah, electronics might fail. Touch wood. <laughs> so we'll do our best. We'll see how it goes. So, yeah, yeah. Aries, sun into Aries. So wherever Aries is in your natal chart, you know, the focus for the month will be on that area's topics or people associated with that house. Uh, we do have Mercury in there, still very close to the sun being burnt up. Got Chiron in there and uh, Jupiter. So the Jupiter sun will be nice in a couple of weeks. Hmm. Oh, yeah. 
Very nice. Very nice. And um, it will be for any any astrologers that are out there listening, it will mm-hmm. be International Astrology Day. So happy International Astrology, Linda. Yes, happy International Astrologers Day to you too. Thank you. On the 20th. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a look oh, ahead at the new look moon. Look at them all bunched. Mm, look at all that. New moon in Aries. Uh, Mercury combust under the beams. Venus can't see it. Saturn can't see it. Mars making a square. Mm, slightly wide square, but Mars is its ruler too, so that's interesting. Kind of sextile by um, sign, but uh, square by um, degree. And then look at Pluto all over there by itself and Capricorn. <laughs> Ready to hop, hop, hop the fence. <laughs> if we take cap, if we take the outers out, everything's kind of encapsulated between the two malefics here. Saturn yes. and Mars. At least Saturn's in aversion to um, all those planets in Aries, so that's something. Yes. Mm. Yeah, that'll be. Anyway, so that should be very interesting. The aspects. We've been we've been recording for three hours. It doesn't seem that long, but it did seem long. No, it doesn't. But there's a lot going on. There's, I mean, there's a lot going on with the planets. Where February might have had like I don't know five or six. It it seems like March is just way busier. I mean, there's like Mm. five or six per week. So it is a lot busier. So and and we expected this. Yeah. Well, we didn't have much choice in it. <laughs> oh, no, you don't have a choice, but you can see it coming. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And speaking of which, Donna, where can people find you and what services are you offering? People can get a hold of me at DonnaBeAstrology.com. I have my contact information there. Um, I am available for... Natal, re- natal readings, your head readings, uh, lectional readings, horary readings as well. And I do work with um, energy crystal healing. So, and people call it support. Um, and that's, that's exactly what it is. Um, if you have experienced traumas or want to get uh, more focus on your brain, um, as well as, you know, a simple break of your of your leg or, you know, whatever, um, this kind of supports the healing towards that goal. So that's what that's what the healing does. And uh, Linda, what are you doing and what can where can people get a hold of you? I'm at Scullywag Astrology. That's astrology.scullywag.com. I'm on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I'm going to try and get back on Twitter, maybe. We'll see. Um, yeah, we're hoping with this uh, Mars going direct, well, not direct, getting out from under the shadow period, maybe we're going to start doing a couple more um, other recordings podcast as well as the full moon and the new moon ones uh also i personally offer um nature chart readings relationship readings and oh timing year ahead readings so hmm. yes very nice thank you for listening uh 
particularly if it runs this long. I've got to edit this, so I can't imagine having to edit a whole hour out of it, though. Damn. Mercury and Pisces. I think I've got quite wordy in parts there, so. <laughs> the challenge is on. <laughs> yeah, and now I pay for it by having to edit it all. <laughs> so. But thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed it, please feel shared. Please feel free to share, like, or um, subscribe. And subscribe. And we love your comments too. So we'd love to hear your comments about how the different energies are playing for you. So you to get a chance to work with Vanetta Knight. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great start. Okay. So thank you. Bye. Bye.